Welcome to the False Neutral Podcast. This is episode 123 for April of 2022. And I think, is April our anniversary month? I think we started in April of 2016, 17, 14, 16, 15, something. Anyways, a while ago. I'm always always surprised by how long this, you know, we've been doing this. Yeah. uh, Pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, you know, never really any big, huge breaks or anything. Yeah. It's been a long, it's been a while. Indeed. Okay. Uh, let's start with our workshop update. Um, let me go first. Cause mine's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Uh, the average temperature this time of the year is supposed to be 50 degrees. We haven't seen 50 degrees. We've barely seen 40 degrees. So mm-hmm. it's damn cold outside. There was, there was, there was, it didn't snow at the opening day for the Tigers yesterday, but there was hail and freezing rain. I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to piggyback on that really quick. We are also having very unusually cold, uh, well, not compared to you, but cold compared to us. And um, we were camping, uh, as you guys know, I took. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we were out camping in central Oregon, which is like high desert elevations, like 4,700 feet. Um, And we got snowed out. This is the first time I've been doing this, you know, camp trip out there, um, you know, for years. This is the first time we got snowed out of our campsite. We had to leave. Really? Um, Yeah. So unusual for April. Well, before we talk about workshop update. We you sent us some pictures of your trip. How did yes? How did that go? It looks like you had fun. The, the oh yeah, we had so much fun. So you know, I, this is the camping trip that I have been looking forward to since I first became a father, right? Because uh, my kids had never ridden a dirt bike before before this camping trip. So this was the one they're going to learn how to ride dirt bikes, and I restored that Honda Z fifty specifically for my son to learn how to ride <clears throat> and so it was just that and more it was so much fun so uh, uh luckily i was the first one to crash the z50 uh, <laughs> not on purpose but and and around the, so where we go camping and and i'll have to uh, share a picture of it we're in the middle of the desert there's nothing around and so we there's a campsite which is sort of a um you know, people have been camping there for some time. It's not like um, mapped out. It's not like necessarily a designated campsite, but people have been camping there long enough for there's, you know, kind of a pre-established fire pit. And But all around it, there's these riding trails and the it's great for kids because they're all kind of within camp. And so I had got the little Z50 out for the first time. And my friend and I went camping a day early before everyone else. So we arrived at camp. I got the 50 out. No one was around. And I thought, oh, I'm going to take it on its first lap around the campsite. And so the area is a lot of like pumice, um, light stone, like volcanic stone. And and it's really soft. It's almost like sand. And I was just hot dogging around a corner in the front end, just completely went out from underneath me. I drove my (laughs) shoulder into the ground, hurt my shoulder, scratched up the 50. But at least I got that first crash out of the way before the kids were able to. And you don't have to be mad at your sons for doing it. Right. No. And the, uh, there is a bunch of kids that ended up coming camping with us and the 50 
sort of turned into the camp bike. Um, and so it definitely, it's not as nice as it once was, but it, it did clean up pretty well. And it just looks like a 50 that's getting used. How'd, how'd they and, do on it? How'd, how'd your sons yeah, take to so it? So my older son, he is seven years old and that 50 is just the right size for him. You know, he's able to get both of his feet on the ground comfortably. And so he did really well on it. He just rode it all around, left it in first gear um because shifting is so difficult with you know new brand new kids and they have these riding boots that like it's pretty much a cast around their leg like you can't move your foot at all when you're in these riding boots so shifting gets really difficult so i just had him leave it in first gear which is just fine and um he did well my younger son he's five and he's just a little bit too small for that size of 50. Mm-hmm. And um, so he ended up tipping over quite a lot and got a little bit frustrated because it was hard for him to keep it upright. Um, one of our friends brought down one of those razor brand electric motorcycles, I guess you would call them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so my five-year-old rode that around quite a bit. And that was really good for him because they stop when you let off the gas, you know, like electric right. uh, vehicles do. And so you don't really have to use the brake. You can modulate everything with just a throttle. And all you do is put your feet on it and it's kind of low to the ground. So Hunter used that mostly, but he did get ambitious and he's like, I want to ride the motorcycle again. So I let him ride it and he'd take a few laps and kind of like, he wouldn't crash, but he'd just sort of come to a stop and not really be able to keep it upright and it would just fall over onto its side. Um, so, but they did well. And I also, I brought down, I have that little Yamaha quad. Yeah. The, four, the four zinger. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought that down and um, that thing really got used a lot this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, easy to ride and all the kids love to ride it. Um, and so it basically, it got started up on a Friday and didn't get turned off until Monday. It was just running and running and running, which, you know, that it's a 1984 and I don't think anything's ever been done to it. It's like all original, never had uh, piston rings put in it or anything. And it just goes and goes and goes pretty remarkable. So cool. the, yeah, the and, camping trip is good. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And your wife? So, your I yeah. sent a picture of your wife on the CT70. That was her very first motorcycle ride ever. I mean, wow. like she's been on the back of a motorcycle with me. That's the first time she has ever driven a motorcycle. And so I put her on that new CT70 that I just restored. And I rode my other CT70. And we went on this pretty long motorcycle ride through the forest. We started at about 4,700 feet in elevation and ended at 6,300 feet in elevation. And so um, it's kind of like forest service roads, gravel roads. And I just took her on that. It was about 20 miles up to like the summit of where we went to and 20 miles back on a CT-70. That took quite a long time, (laughs) but it was her first motorcycle ride. She did really well. The CT70 is so easy to ride and it's so unintimidating that people, there's other people there that wanted 
to ride a motorcycle for the first time. And so they just rode the CT70. So all you have to do is just twist the gas and it goes. And she had a positive riding experience? She did. Yeah. Good, um, good. And I think in part because of that CT70, it works really well. So, you know, like I built that to recreate the one that I had from my childhood, although the one that I had from my childhood was completely spent. Like every single component on it was wore out. This one is brand new. Everything works like it's brand new. The the shocks and the steering, even though the suspension's like really antiquated, it worked really well for like kind of terrain we were on. And um, like when it's new, everything just feels tight and it's so easy to ride. And the the tires were like the perfect tires also for the train we were on. So um, that blue Trail 70 did so well. I ordered a set of original style knobby tires and some new suspension parts for my other Trail 70. I kind of want to return it back to like an original Trail 70 because right now it's got that 125cc motor in it. Oh, and um, it still has the street tires on it which I was riding down one of those forest service roads and there's this big soft spot and my front tire washed out and I wrecked that black trail 70 pretty decently and uh, broke off the turn signals on one side of it, but it'll get fixed. So anyways, the camping trip was good. Everyone had a lot of fun and Lee had a successful first motorcycle ride. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah, and so for workshop updates, I sent you guys a picture of my Vespa and I got a carburetor kit for it. That motorcycle, I haven't started that motorcycle for probably six or seven years. It's just been sitting around. So I just got a carburetor kit for it. Um, I'm going to, I got like new rubber parts for it, the brake pedal, the Kickstarter, um, I was just going to kind of fluff it up and I was thinking about selling it. Uh, it just sits around. I don't know why I would keep it. So I, I've been thinking about that. Right now, Vespas are, are in demand and, and yeah, well, I very, saw very on, collectible. So I saw on bring a trailer um, one. So, and I don't bring a trailer is just a weird place, but um, a, so what I have is a Super Sport 180 and a Super Sport 180 sold, I think, last year on Bring a Trailer for quite a lot of money. It was uh, maybe like seven or eight thousand dollars. And it was pretty nice, um, but not super nice. And I guess I didn't realize that those Vespas have that kind of potential value. Although, again, that's Bring a Trailer. It seems like it's just a weird vortex of. Values. Yeah, but you're in you're in Portland. You're you're like I know, in, right? It's like the Vespa capital of the world. In the center <laughs> of Vespa enthusiasts. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. It deserves at least to be put to, like together so I can just fire it up and go ride it. Or I just need to sell it, but it doesn't need to just sit around and collect dust. I well, I think you originally got that running right about the time that it was some of our first episodes yeah, of this. So. Yeah. Because I think you sent us some pictures, what you, know, you put new tires on it and stuff and kind of got it ready. You got that from a family member, right? Yeah. It was my wife's like great uncles. And I think he bought it new. And it's just sort of 
been sitting around mostly since 1960. The thing only has a thousand miles on it and it's a 1969. So it's sort of probably had like a hundred miles a year over, you know, 10 years scattered throughout its entire life. So, um, yeah. So that's the Vespa. That's what I'm working on. Sort of. So a 1968 Vespa, 1968 Vespa 180 Super Sport sold April 15th, 2020 for $7,180. Yeah. Was that, was, is it red? Yes. Yeah. I think that's one that I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, here's a, oh, that's a 150 from 65 for 3,100. I'm just seeing if there's anything more recent. Yeah. Uh, a 70, 4,200. Yeah. I guess it just all depends. So it seems like, so the, the super sport for the time, I think that that was, well, it was the large frame Vespa, mm, right? Which nowadays are the ones that people want. And then that was the biggest motor, I think around that time. And, and there weren't a lot of the super sports made. Um, and I think the super sport one eighties just in particular, I think are pretty valuable, especially compared to some of the other models just cause there aren't that many of them. Definitely. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my update, uh, I messed around with the front fender for the bride of Frankenstein <laughs> and, uh, couldn't make the one that I had work. It was, it was for a, I have a steel fender from a Yamaha Maxim 700 and with a 16 inch wheel and one that was originally from a 19 inch wheel, no matter how you put it on there, it just didn't look right. So I thought, okay, let's, let me get something from a, a bike that has a 16 inch front wheel. And I, I had to have something that wouldn't didn't like flare out and wrap around the forks because I'm doing that weird reversed trailing axle fork design. So I, I looking through bikes, trying to figure out something that met my criteria. I got one from a 500 interceptor VF 500 Honda and played with it, tried to put it on there and it was just going to look wonky no matter what I did. Finally, a guy, on ADV rider said, you should really take that Maxim fender, but mount it up high as if it was like a dirt bike. And I thought that's going to look really weird. That's going to be too small. I mounted it up high as kind of a test and it looks perfect. Hmm. But since the lower triple clamp is from a street bike, there's no bosses under there to mount a fender to it. So I'm having to do this really kind of convoluted overly complex mounting bracket to fit it and i'm in the middle of doing that but once i do that that will i i think it'll actually look a whole lot better than the last picture that i sent you guys so i'm pumped about that i'm working on that i'm in the middle of a bunch of housing home projects so things are going slow but i did talk to my wife and i came to a conclusion that i'm not an engine guy I really don't enjoy rebuilding engines, the internal stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really don't aspire to being terribly skilled at it. I mean, I've done it, but it's not like what gets 
my enthusiasm going. I really like chassis fabrication a lot more. So I've decided on all these projects, I'm just not going to do the engine. I'm going to pay somebody to build an engine for all of my project bikes. And I've reached out to uh, uh, Ralph from Ralph's Pultaco Parts, who is one of the he took over for the guy that was like the preeminent motorcycle, uh, Bultaco motor builder in the United States. Uh, he retired and Ralph took over his business and he really knows what he's doing. So I called him up and I was talking to him and some of my mismatch parts aren't going to work together. I didn't think about things like, uh, the depth of the transfer ports between the barrel and the crankcase and stuff like that. But he said, but I have enough parts. I can make something work. And so I talked to my wife and I was like, I just really want to pay Ralph to build me an engine that I can put in my bike and get, because really the chassis is pretty much done on that. And I've been dragging my heels because I've been intimidated about getting into the motor. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's. So she gave me her blessing to spend whatever it takes to get Ralph to. So here in the next week or two, I'm going to make a crate get my motor together, ship it off to Ralph. And I told him no hurry in getting it back to me. So I'm, I'm making some progress all the way around. There's a good friend of mine, uh, Bill Wilson from Wilson performance. He's uh, I've talked about him before. He's a, he's a pretty uh, fairly well-known two-stroke builder and he's based out of here in Kansas city. And he puts on a two-stroke rally every August and we were talking about something else. And I said, Hey, you're doing the, the two-stroke rally. And he was, yeah, you're going to have that Boltaco built. And I was like, maybe I'll make that a, a, at least a goal to shoot for. So, so maybe not have it street legal, but at least have it in one piece enough that I can show it as a, you know, in progress under construction kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what I've been up to. Oh, I also, you guys know that I've talked a bunch about uh, how much I like those little Japanese 254s that were real popular in the 80s, and especially the Yamaha FZ250 that was kind of the the OG. And I, uh, I'm never going to own one, but I thought I can at least own a piece of one. So I found uh, a place that I could order a piston kit. So for like $30, I got piston and rings and circlips and, and wrist pin for it. So I've got on my top of my bookshelf in my cubicle at work, I've got a selection of different pistons from old bikes. I've had uh, my MB five piston. Uh, I've got a, a, an S1 250 Kawasaki triple piston that pretty much grenaded and it's like skirts ripped off of it. And it's all, the rings are, are welded in place. So that's a, a pretty impressive thing. And a friend of mine gave me a piston out of a Pratt and Whitney double wasp motor. Mm. Oh, that's from, really cool. Yeah. So I've got this giant piston and these little tiny pistons. I thought this would be a good addition to my, my little piston collection at work. So I took a picture of it and I've got a penny for scale 
And when you consider that this was a 60, I think it's 62.4 cc capacity in each one of the cylinders, and it's four valves, the valves are smaller than a penny. And it's uh, so that I really enjoyed, and I've just been, when I'm working on my desk, I'll just take it and use it as kind of a, a fidget something that I could just play with, spin the rings around on it stuff. So I'll put a picture of that out on Hooniverse when we have this go live. So if you want to see a really amazingly small, very complex combustion chamber, you can look at that. And that's my update. I forgot to add that I, um, I took my two RZ350 gas tanks and also the my Vespa gas tank to one of those like chemical dipping strip places because I just wanted them to strip it. <laughs> you know, last time we had talked right, about right. the chemical stripper. <laughs> yeah, so um, I picked them up today, uh, yesterday, uh, from the chemical stripper. And uh, on the tank that came off of the yellow and black one, no surprises there, you know, that there's like two smaller dents in the sides from you know probably falling over on the right. side at some point and then um on the bottom there's just a little bit of rust um it's not even actually like rust holes in the tank it's just uh at any rate that needs to be fixed like uh rusty seams that are leaking yeah yeah um the other tank i had another tank which on the outside looked really nice and but it had a layer of primer over it and I'm like, what are the chances? And, and keep in mind also this motorcycle tank was on a motorcycle that is in pretty tough shape. This is this is the red and white one that was a X race bike. Uh, no, not a it's um it's it doesn't even have any body work on it, but it has like FZR suspension. Oh on right. It. But this is this is the one you got from your friend that yeah, he passed away, and you got it from his estate. Right, right. Yeah. So the the motorcycle tank I had it stripped at the same time, and it's in pretty bad shape. Oh yeah, it's it's not rusty actually, so that's good. But it is comp- like the both sides are caved in pretty good. Oh, so this was a Bondo queen. This is <laughs> oh yeah. Oh like boy, there 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 is areas of bondo two inches thick oh (laughs) the capacity the capacity has been reduced by three quarters of a gallon yeah yeah Yeah. and uh you know it's shockingly on the outside you couldn't even tell someone spent some time making that bondo look nice but (laughs) oh gosh yeah no it was pretty bad And, and the vespa tank it just had a lot of surface rust on the inside and at some point, someone tried to put an epoxy sealer right. over it, and that was all falling off of the tank. So I just had it stripped, so it's all just bare, clean, fresh metal. And uh, I'm going to powder coat the outside of the tank and then just, you know, make sure no rust gets on the inside. So anyway, I've got that to work on. So I need to fix that yellow and black RZ tank, uh, just do some welding on the bottom of it and then repaint the whole thing. Well, and then I, I was thinking about your RZ the other day uh-huh. because, uh, I was so impressed with the 3d printed airbox you made for it. That was really oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I neglected to tell you that my wife bought me a 3d printer for oh, Christmas. Cool. Yeah. And it's still sitting in the box because 
I don't have anywhere to set it up. Uh, and that's part of what we're doing. Rearranging our basement is I'm trying to get a place that I have a, a 3d printing station down there so that yeah. I can, I, but she bought me like a bunch of different colors of, of, uh, uh, plastic, you know, the, the line for it and yep. everything. Yep. And, and it's a real nice one. It was, uh, it was on sale at, uh, micro center and she bought it on sale. So it, I was very excited about it. And here it is for almost five months later. And, um, haven't even opened the box. Yeah. Well, it's actually, you know, you can do when you're working on motorcycles and you're doing, you know, things, custom things to them, you'd be shocked how often a 3d printer can solve a problem. Uh, like on that RZ 350, not only did I print that air box, but, um, I put a set of aftermarket, uh, carburetors on it. Oh, and right. My, you had to my oil in, yeah. Inject, well, my oil injection line, um, was too long. There's too much, uh, free cable. So I 3d printed, uh, you know, an adapter. So it took the, the tension out of a cable, um, just little stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I, I'm not, I won't have a chance to do that real soon, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking about how cool that was. And I thought, I hope he gets that RZ running because that's a really nice put together bike. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Slowly, but surely I'm hoping this summer to put some miles on it. Oh, another thing that I did not tell you guys, and, uh, I'll, I won't take time to pull up the picture, but I was looking at that, uh, Benelli 250, uh, frame. And I think last time I told you that I had been eyeing a ATC 250 engine. Uh, I don't know if I talked to you about this, or, but I was thinking I I've always liked the original air cooled ATC 250 motor because mm-hmm. it was similar to a CR, but it was a little different and it had a counterbalance in, in the front so that the frame or the, the cylinder comes out a little bit farther back and it's perfectly vertical it almost looks like it could be kind of like an old british two-stroke from the 50s because like Mm. the old villiers motors had those radial heads on them and perfectly vertical cylinder but they kind of made the crank cases more sculptural so they 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 weren't that leaned forward look that you get from a modern motocross motor and i thought you know, this is a fairly long frame in between the swing arm and the front. I wonder if you could fit that. So $68 on eBay, I bought a set of crankcases and they, all I would have to do is redo the front mounts and it would fit in there perfectly. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I joined an ATC air-cooled ATC 250 owners group on Facebook. Well, I'm like, as much as you know, I say we had our discussion last time about uh, forums kind of going away. Mm-hmm. There are some really niche Facebook groups that are very valuable. And so this is all people that are 81 to 84 ATC 250Rs. And I posted a picture of it and said, hey, what do you guys think? And they were like, yeah, that would be really cool. And I was thinking about it wouldn't be eligible for anything because of the newer motor, but I'd love to make like a vintage, uh, like a real vintage racer out of it. Mm-hmm. I, you could do like sound of singles and you could do like modern formula two fifty. 
I don't think you could actually race Arma because of the 81 to 84 motor would be too new for it. But I'd love to just depend depends on who you pay off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I would I wouldn't want to do anything other than club racing with it anyways, and I'd probably have somebody else take it out because I'm I think my racing days are behind me. But I I've thought several times I'd like to get a real stripped down motorcycle, no electrics, just, you know, number plates instead of lights on it. And that would be a really cool one to do that way. And I think it could actually be a lot of fun, you know, get, you know, not super wide modern rubber for it, get, you know, just older narrow tires on it that would be suitable to a vintage style bike. So I don't Mm -hmm. know, but that's obviously way down the line. Um, I'll work on the two that I'm working on now before I do anything else. <laughs> but every once in a while, when I'm sitting at work on my lunch hour, I, I can't be in the workshop, but I can go out on eBay. And that's a very dangerous. Thing. I know. Right. Well, should we get into our topic for this month? Yeah. Let's uh, do it. We got a wonderful letter sent to our, false neutral Facebook or Facebook false neutral Facebook inbox from James Rhodes, who says, Hey guys, awesome podcast. Thank you. I recently started listening to it while working 12 hour shifts and it definitely helps pass the time. I did start from the beginning. So I'm only up to about episode 50, which I went back and looked at that's before I took time off to care for my mother-in-law and you guys were going on your own. And then we came back monthly. So he's still in the weekly episodes. All the new bikes you guys talk about are a few years old now, but it's still super informative and entertaining. I'm mainly a seventies and eighties Honda man. So it's nice to hear you guys talk about such a variety of bikes that I normally wouldn't look into on my own. The experience you each bring to the table really helps keep things interesting as well. I appreciate all the compliments. Thank you. That's that's very nice to hear. Sometimes we don't get a lot of feedback and you wonder if anybody's out there. And he says, I, like I said, I'm behind on episodes. Maybe this is something you've covered, but I'm looking for a semi in parentheses, semi adventure bike that I can also commute on the Honda NC 700 X interests me or the newer 750X, as I am six foot six inches tall. But I really like the older 24 to or 2014-2015 NC750X that we didn't get in America. Which I think is a, pretty much the same as the NC700X, except for the displacement. It's just a little bit bigger bore. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on these bikes or any suggestions for me? The KLR650 has a soft spot in my heart, but I really want a Honda. He says reliability in parentheses, although a KLR. A KLR is about the most reliable. Yeah, they're, they're, (laughs) they're pretty much bulletproof. Although when they get enough miles on them, anything's going to have some issues with it. Uh, I think it's water pumps on those or the thing that goes out. I don't know. Uh, I really want a Honda. I can ride without having to tinker like my older bikes. I did go to my local dealership and sit on a 2022 Africa Twin and loved it, but I need to spend half that price or less. Thanks. Keep the episodes coming. So thank you, James, for your listening. And I'm going to have to send him a message say you might want to jump forward because we talked about your 
your question on this one. Uh, what do you guys think? A semi-adventure bike I that he can commute on. I'm not sure what he means by semi-adventure bike. Like, well, probably like actually, a commuter style bike. Where is he actually going to take it off road, or it is just like the commuter ergonomics and style? Because I'm thinking an NC 700 or an NC 750 is not a hardcore off-road adventure bike. That's kind of a commuter bike with a tall windshield seat and handlebars. Yeah. So what would you guys recommend to somebody in his situation? Well, I'm, I suspect if he wants like the, the NC 750 or NC 700 X is probably the right motorcycle it's not an adventure bike, but adventure bikes and commuter bikes are pretty much the same thing. Although adventure bikes typically would have spoked wheels and uh, more of a dual sport style tire. Um, if he's not going to do any serious off-roading, I think that a cast wheel is fine. And he could, if he wanted put a, you know, dual sport tire on something like an NC 700 X and be able to commute and get good mileage um and drive on gravel roads with um you know at least you know some amount of uh, stability if he's going to be commuting then there are a lot of motorcycles that don't get particularly good fuel mileage an exception to that of course is the nc700x they get pretty good mileage but which is one of the reasons it's so popular in europe yeah is that yeah because you know. people should recognize that motorcycles do not get particularly good fuel mileage. If you think that you're going to save money on a four-cylinder car by driving a motorcycle, um, you'd be shocked. They probably get about the same fuel economy, sure. a motorcycle maybe even less. But the 700Xs do get really good mileage, so I think that that's probably a good option. They're inexpensive. You can find them all day long especially used for around $4,000. Yeah. And I don't think there's much difference between the European NC 750X and the 700 as far as power. And I mean, yeah. they just made it a little bit smaller and I don't know why they did that. Yeah. But um, it, 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 they're nice bikes. I've, re- I know a lot of people refer to them as the most boring motor in the world. Yeah. They're also available with the the DCT, which would be really nice for commuting. Yeah. Um, so a a new the Africa Twin for 2022 is 14.5. So we're uh, half or less. We're looking at maybe seven max. So mm-hmm. yeah, I looked up the, I looked up the prices. It's 15 to 18 for an Africa Twin, depending on which one you were going to get. So yeah. I went with so, eight. I went with eight to nine. Uh, simply because he mentioned the NC750, and if I looked at I looked up the new price, it's eighty seven hundred dollars. So I think eight to nine is is the price range. Okay, that's that's where my that's where I went with it. Okay, I'll probably get closer to the mic so you can hear me. <laughs> no, you're fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I I went I went a different direction, um, having owned two Hondas, one I loved. And the other one I had no emotion for, and probably in the reverse of what people are thinking, uh, loved my RS125 because it was a great race bike, and my uh, CBR9, 
was it a 900 or a 929? It was a 900. Sorry to think about that. Left me bland. Um, and Hondas are really well built, really great motorcycles, but in general, for me, lack character. Um, so I know you're a Honda man, but let's, let's broaden your, I'm going to do the, if, if anyone listens to everyday driver podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of that here for, if you'll give me a little runway here. Um, the NC 750 and the whole NC 750, I'm not going to say I find it abhorrent, but not far from it. Um, cause it's the most, it is the Toyota Corolla or it's the, it's not even a Honda Civic. It's a Toyota Corolla of motorcycles for me. So let's, I'm going to throw, and I took the adventure, adventure kind of commuter bike in a couple different ways, but I'll, I'll stick close to the budget here. If you're looking new, um, Tiger Sport 660. And, um, if you must have Japanese because you feel that that's going to be more reliable, which may or may not be true, um, Suzuki V-Strom. Yeah. The the Suzuki V-Strom 650. That's where my brain went originally was that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and, and they are I, as reliable as any Honda you're ever going to find. And and I'm, I'm going to throw in as a wild card, because I know Garrett hates these, um, a Ducati Scrambler uh, Icon. <laughs> oh, you'd, ha- it, you'd have to stretch your budget, but here's a couple things. Well, if you look you, used, you can find one used. Yeah, for yeah, yeah you can find Easy. one used. Um, is it a great motorcycle? It's a fine motorcycle. As a commuter, it would be awesome, because it's a great bike to for 50 to 100 miles. The great thing about Ducati is it's a huge community and you're going to meet some really cool people. You're going to meet some weird people. You're going to meet some arrogant people. You get a little bit of everything. Um, and scramblers are kind of hip and cool. And because you said you like that seventies, eighties vibe, it gives you a bit of that retro look and a little bit of that retro vibe. It gives you an engine that has character and potentially a, a good community. So now the one thing I will say about a Ducati scrambler is you are not going to be able to ride it hard, put it away wet, and have it last like a Honda would with no maintenance. It's not that they're unreliable. They're just maintenance intensive. Eh, if you consider valves adjusted every 10,000 miles and changing the oil. Yeah, I, I don't think they're as bulletproof as a Honda is. No, I'm not saying that, but it's not like it's, you know... You're gonna be in the shop every week. Oh no, they're they're like I said, they're perfectly reliable. But yeah, you need to maintain them when it says to maintain them. Yes, yes. Unlike a Honda, where you can pretty much ignore it, and even if you abuse them, you'll probably get close to their expected life out of them anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's too small, but the Honda 500X the yeah on the cb i was thinking about that he's six foot six, six and foot i imagine six. That's, oh yeah he's gonna that, he's gonna need some displacement that, yeah that's and and i think the 500x would be too small for him that would yeah. that would and, be pretty cramped for somebody at six six and the 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 triumph 660 even though it's a smaller machine um it has good power it has reasonable power and torque so i i think he'd be okay on that but that and that's why i was sort of looking at some of the larger displacement bikes. Are you thinking or, like a Tiger 660? Yeah, yeah, the uh yeah, the, the the I'm sorry, the Tiger Sport 660, yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That that would probably and and that I think fits a larger person pretty well. Yeah. It's $9500, so again, he'd have to stretch his budget a little bit, but not that much, you know? Depending, are you trying to pay cash or are you going on a payment? If you're going on a payment, it's 30 40 bucks, you know? 
So, I mean, yes, it's 30 or 40 more dollars, but, you know. And again, a bike with character. A bike with a lot of character. If, if I'm, I were looking I'm, I'm at about this... character. I'm about bikes with yeah. character because, God, I've almost, all, all, almost everything I've owned has been a two-stroke. So imagine that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd say if you're wanting more adventure, the V-Strom 650. If you're more commuting, the NC Honda, the NC 700X or equivalent. And if you're not going to go off-road and you're really just looking for something that's going to be a comfortable, upright commuter bike, there's a bunch of nakeds that you could look at that aren't really adventure. I'm thinking like the MT-07. MT-07, yeah, Yeah. would be a perfect bike. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how much. Well, they're they're, uh, new. They're like 8,500 or 79. 79, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, um, I'm looking at the Yamaha site, uh, 2022 yep. MT-07 is 78.99. Now, nowadays you're going to get hit with not only the admin, the shipping, the, all the extra stuff, but you're probably going to get a market adjustment on that as well. Depending on your They make a, a, a little more. I, I, I think it's out of his price range. Yeah. So okay. that's uh 10, three. Cause I looked, that was like the first, that was the first thing I looked at was that, was that, so that's 10,300. And really, the the Tenere 700 makes some compromises for off-road ability that unless you're really planning yeah. on getting off-road regularly, uh, you know, the tires and suspension are not going to be as, as nice mm-hmm. on your commute. Um, the, to go back to, he mentioned the, the KLR 650. Uh, it's a decent bike. I spent some time on one a while, a number of years ago now. Um, it's just that it's got a top speed of about 80 miles an hour, 85 on a good day, 90 with a strong tailwind. You don't and want to be commuting that. Yeah. Yeah. He's six, six. So, I mean, he could do it in the sense of, cause it's a tall bike and try to throw a leg over. It can be a pain. Um, but if he's got a long inseam, it, it just, it's a cool bike, but I don't think you'd want to do it as a commuter. Yeah. Now, Another option from Kawasaki would be the Versus 650. Yeah. Um, I don't I, know. I tried to look at it, but Kawasaki's website was down. So, um, yeah. No, I think that that's also one that I would strongly consider. Uh, it's out of, it's, it's a little high price roll wise. $8,900 is so, I mean, that that's kind of maybe in his budget, but it's, it's top end going to be pushing the top of if he wants to stay around seven but you can also find those used and you can find the older generation the first and second gen versus 650s i think are fairly affordable when you can find them for sale yeah Uh, but uh yeah i i think any of those i would definitely unless you're going to be going (laughs) off road i would stick with something that has a 17 inch front wheel and more street oriented tires Mm -hmm. does uh royal enfield have anything besides the himalayan um that's like in that sort of category and the himalayan that that one's only like 500 cc's right for four and and that's not that's you're only look you're only looking at like 24 horsepower i mean they're yeah they're gonna be way a 500x honda is going to be a whole lot more powerful 
and yeah. enjoyable on the road than a Himalayan. I mean, there. I didn't know if they had put that, you know, the 650 engine in it. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. in I, some kind of. They're talking ad- about it, right? Do well, no, that I maybe I know that they're coming out with a cruiser 650. They're yeah. going to come out with a kind of a laid back cruiser style. I don't know that they've got a any kind of a dual sport or adventure bike. Seems like they should ready ready to go. But uh they're pretty savvy. I mean, they they I think they're a nimble enough company that they can respond to market trends. Mm-hmm. Unlike Honda that takes 8 years to come out with something. So Yeah, that's fair. Um uh, another option would be the uh CF Moto Adventura 650, which, and I misspoke last time. I called it a 700. I did not realize that the, uh, the Honda CLX and CLX Sport are 700s. The Adventura is still a 650. They didn't bore that out from its roots as the versus motor. But uh, if you didn't want to do a lot of off-roading, I think that would be something to really look at. And you're not going to be able to touch the the buy-in on that with anything from Japan. So yeah, sixty eight hundred MSRP on the Adventura. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I I think that would be a and really claim, claimed sixty horsepower. Uh, I didn't tell you guys, but uh, I went ahead and did the. I got fifteen thousand miles on my. Spider. So I went ahead and did, I think it's actually the 14,000 mile maintenance to the tune of $1,700. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, on my, what maintenance did you do? Maintenance on my spider on my, yeah. well, it's, it's, uh, valves, uh, valves is a big thing. Cause you got to take okay. all the body work off to get yeah. the engine on those. Okay. Um, and it's a bunch of stuff like uh belts uh, belts and yeah it it everywhere i talked to it was 16 to 1700 plus i needed a rear tire so it was another 200 for a rear tire so uh i was into it close to two grand when i got all done but anyways when i was at the dealer picking it up my local can-am dealer is also a CF Moto dealer and they've been carrying mm. the side-by-sides for years. And I said, Hey, when are you guys going to get the CLX 700? And they said, probably sometime in May, do you want us to call you? And I kind of went, yeah, I think you should call <laughs> me. So uh, I told him I was not a super hot prospect for purchase, but I would love to come look at it. And uh-huh. like, well, you'd probably take it for test drive. You know, I'm like, yeah, like you guys are going to do test rides on something when you can't, you know, you can sell as many as you can get in the door right. on just about anything at this point. I'd be surprised whether they're willing to let people test drive one. So, but yeah. anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll see how it goes. And uh, maybe next month I can report in and looking at one in the flesh. So I'm. Yeah. Do they have any of the ad- adventuras or are have, those for sale yet? They don't have anything yet. All their ship, all their bikes are on their way and i think they're going to get the clx's before they get the adventura so mm, i see but, but uh depending on 
how long uh, he's wanting to wait before he does something, that would be an option that possibly over the summer or in the fall, you could find one of those and take a look at it before you make your decision. Mm. So, and, and yeah, and, and just to repeat, if you want to see quick 10 minute reviews, five minute reviews of most of these things, just go to, um, um, Cager on two wheels. Cager on two wheels. Thank you. Um, yes. yeah, he, he did a one, one day test of pretty much all of them. So, and I think, I think most of them are up. Uh, he he's his first one that he posted was the 800 the mt800 that we're not going to get yeah then he did the clx 700 which over there is called the heritage here it's just clx 700 then he rode the sport i haven't watched his review on the clx 700 sport yet uh that's basically the same bike but with lower bars Mm -hmm. and uh, dual disc on the front uh i'm interested to see what he'll think of that because uh, I know the single disc was the one thing that people said on the standard CLX 700 that was less than ideal. Wasn't bad, but it wasn't remarkable. So I'd be interested to think what he th- what he sees what he thinks of the sport. Uh, anything else that we want to cover? I don't know. Unfortunately, with Zoom, you don't get a a countdown. It doesn't show you your time on your recording. So, yeah. Um, uh, shout out to 44 Teeth for a couple of videos that I found pretty fun and entertaining lately. Um, one, they were doing trials, uh, trials uh, riding, um, or Al was, Al and um, uh, Boothy. Uh, they, they did a two stroke, a four stroke, and an electric bike, and they all loved the electric bike the best. Um, Although I forgot, I thought it was Al. Al who's like, fundamentally, I should hate this electric bike, or on principle, I should hate it, but it's my favorite. So I thought that was pretty funny. I I think that electric trials makes so much sense, and and that's kind of yeah. That that's exactly what he came to. He says this is perfect for trials, and and it was funny because he he spent so much time on the electric bike, he kept stalling the four stroke bike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the um. Boothy did uh, the other one. Uh, there are two two other ones that Boothy that I thought were pretty good. Was um, one he got to ride an original eighty five GSXR seven fifty, um, which I thought was it was just kind of cool because it's that such was a, that was a I watched that video. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, yeah. And then if you want to see some really cool and Pete, this goes to us liking Portugal. Um, <laughs> uh, when he did the Tiger, uh, the Triumph Tiger twelve hundred rally. Uh, intro it was on all these like just like dirt roads and back roads of portugal in the um in the south of portugal and they were ripping on these trails um but it was funny because it was just it was, it was like really fun just to listen to him talk about the stuff so anyways um if you aren't already subscribed to 44 teeth go do that i think it's 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 usually entertaining so but i have not i, I still haven't watched the budget bike battle of britain yet so Oh, is there another yeah. another budget bike battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, about a month, month to two months ago. They they did oh, it. So it's been a while I, since I, I didn't. I've been watching them. I didn't watch, but they had one that was like they were all on trikes. And yeah, yeah. One, of, one of them had a one of the semi enclosed BMW C three or yep. C one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
and one of them had this front end wobble that was like it was literally a death wobble at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and then like they're going around London, he's like, oh, you know, bleep, 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 bleep. You know, it just it was funny. So, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, what have, what have you guys got coming up in the next month before our next episode that we can look forward to? Hopefully, um, sunshine and the temperatures over over forty five degrees. I might be able to get in the garage. Yeah, I'm going or, to or be willing to go out in the garage. I guess is a better way of saying it. I'm going to have the Vespa on the road. So um, we have at our house. We sort of live out in this rural area, and there is probably like nine or ten wineries within ten miles of us on like country roads. Right. And so I want, we have a couple of neighbors that um, we've actually been friends with for quite some time. And it was only just coincidence that they bought a house right across the street from us. They had no idea we were each looking, but so we're neighbors with each other and they have a Yamaha YG 80, I think is what it is. You know, those, like 60s Yamaha two-stroke scooters. It's like mm. a step-through scooter, but it's... No, it's oh. not a step-through. It's got um, almost... I think the engine frame configuration is like a Honda, where it's got like a frame bar that goes back to a seat that's, you know, like kind of a... Yeah, Yamaha... The YG think... Trailmaster 80? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's he's got one of those, but um, I wanted to get my Vespa on the road. I've got my two Trail 70s, and he's got the Yamaha YG. So the four of us are going to take you know mini bike rides to these local <laughs> restaurant winery things, and so that's our sort of summer goal is to rule the Ridgefield area on mini bikes. <laughs> um so the vespa i need to get the vespa put together for that uh i the the rz350 i've got to get it running so hoping to have some progress on that before we talk again and uh, i guess the last thing is me and my two friends are looking at there's this motocross track uh, you probably know what goldendale washington is pete um goldendale only, only by name okay well goldendale washington's out in like eastern washington it's um there's this huge motocross track and it's kind of cool because we have those big gigantic tall wind turbines out there and the motocross track actually kind of navigates through a bunch of those wind turbines and they do a lot of endurance races and they do some team races that are really just kind of like for fun and they'll be like four and six hour team endurance races so i'm uh looking at scheduling one of those with a couple of my friends um the last time i did one i was sort of riding in the middle of a pack of people and the dust cleared and directly in front of me was a rock like the size of a bowling ball and my front tire hit it it just took the front end straight out of you know out from underneath me i landed on my shoulder <laughs> And it took me like four months to recover from that injury. And I've never been back to that track since, but maybe, maybe I'll be okay this time. <laughs> Probably not. So that that's on the horizon. 
Very cool. Yeah. Well, I will have to do a minimal amount of editing on this one because it's we're recording this on Saturday. Normally we record during the week and this has to go live on Hooniverse Tuesday morning. So uh, if you've heard more uh, of us stumbling than usual or my long pauses that I tend to make when I'm speaking, uh, it's because I'm going to kind of have to turn this one around quickly. So, okay, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys for letting me do this in the middle of your Saturday afternoons. And yeah. we will be back next month. Uh, go to hooniverse.com to see pictures of all the stuff that we were talking about. I'll try to include pictures of all the bikes that we mention. Uh, and you can, if you have a question for us, go to uh, Facebook. Uh, you can leave a message or a question there. You can uh, either reply to one of our posts or use Messenger. You can go to hooniverse.com and reply to any of our uh, uh, posts that we create, and we look at those after they go live. Uh, you can also email us at uh, uh, false neutral podcast at gmail.com. There it is. And I just want to add that I love what motorcycle should I buy? This is my budget questions. Yes. Yes. Those are my favorite. We'll see y'all next month. Thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for listening. It, please reach out to us. If you like what we do, let us know. If you don't tell us what you don't like about it. Maybe we'll do something different. Probably not, but maybe we will. And uh, we'll see y'all next month. So long. So long.